When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. This is the Grit and Barrett podcast, a podcast devoted to the 11-time Calder Cup champion, the Hershey Bears. We talk Hershey Bears, the American Hockey League, and all the hockey news that matters to me. This is high energy, unfiltered, and at times unfocused hockey talk from a hack. And now, on with the show. But before we get the Grit and Barrett podcast underway, I'd like to take a moment to tell everyone about our sponsor, Yeats Sunglasses. We are still hitting the dead of summer, everyone, and you need a pair of sunglasses. I know you can just go with the heart-shaped lens sunglasses or grab one of those cheap ones at the convenience store. Folks, please don't. As a lover of sunglasses like myself, including the old Aviator ones, Yeats Sunglasses has sunglasses that are stylish, to fit your lifestyle no matter what type of time of year it is. Make sure you use my promo code HOCKEY for 10% off at checkout. That's Yeet Sunglasses, Y-E-E-T-Z, promo code HOCKEY to save 10% at checkout. And now, on with the show. Hello everyone and welcome to the Grit and Barrett podcast. It is August 8th. 2022. Did I plan it this way? Probably not. My name's Richard Blosser, welcoming you to another week of the Grit and Barrett podcast. Well, technically slash game over, but we will get to that here in a little bit. Now, before we get started, for most of you Bears fans, yes, I know there was a very big announcement that was teased and released this past Friday. And while it was put out there a little too late for yours truly. We also have the promo schedule coming out this week. So what I'm going to do is that I'm going to wait for the promo schedule to come out and we're just going to do one big podcast about this whole thing going down. Maybe Cora will join me, maybe not. But rest assured, boys and girls, I will be talking about the Chris Bork uh, jersey number retirement on January 14th soon enough, just not on this week. But in the meantime, everyone, please check out this episode of Game Over, where we are discussing the New Jersey Devils with friend of the podcast, Neil Valampino of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. Also, a little bit of housekeeping notes, just so all of you know. 
the Belly Up Podcast Network has released a secondary stream known as Belly Up and Friends, which yours truly will be a part of a secondary stream that you can check out, which has all of the shows and proverbial best ofs of a lot of what Belly Up does. So make sure to check them out as well. That is Belly Up and Friends wherever you get your podcasts. So rest assured, if you are subscribed to the Grit and Barrett podcast, then then do not worry. You will still get this podcast on whatever feed you have, but a nice little other one if you want to check out all the other going-ons with the Belly Up Podcast Network. But for now, sit back and enjoy Game Over, New Jersey Devils edition, and I'll catch all of you next week when we'll talk more Bears hockey. Go Bears! Where we say goodbye to each and every NHL team, whether they want to or not, Kind of. My name is Richard Blosser, the host of Game Over, and this week's show, bringing on a guest, friend of the podcast, which I love to say, he knows it, and I knows it, covering a team that was founded in 1982. They have three Stanley Cups to their name, and they are more than happy to tell you that. This is a location that I frequented all the way back on Thanksgiving. They play out of Newark and have such names up in the rafters as Scott Stevens, Scott Niedemeyer, and, of course, Marty himself. I am talking about none other than the team from New Jersey, the New Jersey Devils. And joining me from the Devils State of Mind podcast and national quarterfinalist for the New Jersey Devils PA announcer, Neil Valentino, MVP himself. Neil, welcome to the podcast, brother. Thank you for coming on. Rich, it's always a pleasure to come on and talk to you, my friend. You know, my, my hockey brother, as you like to put it. Um, I'm, ex- I'm a, As always, I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk hockey. And most specifically, I'm excited to talk about the New Jersey Devils, despite the fact that we had another very uh, let's put a disappointing season um, in the Garden State. Yeah, it. Um, when I was there at Thanksgiving, all seemed it, it seemed it seemed well. But um, so, as always, the first question here on Game Over: What happened? What happened to to, to the Devils? Where do I start with that question? Because that's like, that's such a simple question to ask, but it's a loaded one in many ways. I think that, you know, a couple of things. I think first and foremost, you know, Rich, when you went there, um, you know, at Thanksgiving, we were still relatively playing well. As I've mentioned numerous times before, the Devils were 7-3-2 and two in the middle of November. And it felt like that this was going to be that year where we'd finally get out of the rebuild phase and more into the phase of, okay, now we're getting into the playoffs. Now we've kind of started to open that, you know, cup contending window, so to speak. And really things, you know, started to fall apart very quickly. And it started mainly and it finished mainly with the goaltending situation. Um, We started seven different goaltenders throughout the season, more than any other team in the National Hockey League. That is not what you are preparing for when the season starts. And as I've mentioned before, we started the season with Mackenzie Blackwood and Jonathan Bernier. And we ended the season with John Gillies and the Hamburglar, Andrew Hammond. Uh, so that kind of shows you just where everything went. And, and that was the first of a bunch of things. 
We had key injuries. Jack Hughes was out for a multitude of games, not once, but twice. He hurt. He got injured with his collarbone early in the season. It was like the second game of the year against Seattle. And then towards the end of the year in early April, he got hurt against the New York Islanders. And his injury was uh, too severe for him to be able to come back and play at all. So he was out for a period of time. We lost Dougie Hamilton for a while with a broken jaw. Um, you know, our power play was just in many ways atrocious. Um, there was just so many different things that went wrong from a team standpoint, a confidence standpoint. And, and I think that it was just, you know, it was like a domino effect. It was like one thing after another would just constantly just end up, you know, going wrong. And I think that was kind of the, the frustrating thing with it at the end of the day. And, um, you know, it's disappointing. It's it's very frustrating. The word that I like to use is frustrating to kind of describe how the devil's season went and all that. But um, you know, it you know these things happen, and the only good thing that came out of it is the fact that we ended up you know moving up from five to two to get the second overall pick to allow us to now get potentially another key piece to our franchise that we can use to try to help this team long term. Um, but certainly there's a lot of work that still needs to be done for our team to get back into the playoffs and be a Stanley Cup contender in the future. Definitely. Like, it seemed like hope was definitely rising there in uh, in Newark when I was there. Um, and it seems like the young core is there with Hughes and, uh, and Heischer as well. And um, just – Injuries and a second half of collapse just 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 caught up uh, with you. Um, bonus question: Is this speaking of goaltenders? Um, assuming I say his name right, because I saw him in Utica a little bit. Akira mm-hmm. um, Akira I think I got his Schmid. name correct. Akira Schmidt. Yeah, yep. I only saw him twice, so I can't get Fair his name enough. right. Yeah, <laughs> uh, is he the goaltender of the near future? For the Devils? Well, I would say it's possible. I mean, anything is possible in, in hockey. You never know who can end up being your guy, your guys long term. But there's another guy that's ahead of him in Nico Dawes, who played a, a considerable amount of time up in New Jersey this year. Um, can, again, because of the fact that we were lacking in goaltending and everything like that. So Nico Dawes comes in as a rookie, plays a bunch. I know some people are not fully convinced about him yet. I think that he showed flashes of being a guy that with the right team around him and him continuing to develop as well, um, he's going to end up being a really, really good piece long-term. And that's, I think, where the discussion has been over the last couple of months as what do the Devils do about their goaltending in free agency or trade? Because quite frankly, the Devils are going to are going back into the goalie market again this offseason. And there aren't that many great options out there. And if they want, you know, if they want to go veteran low, you know, low term, you know, maybe like a year or two, then that's fine because it gives a guy like Dawes, it gives a guy like Akira Schmidt and, guy, and other guys that we have in our system another year or two to develop. Um, Akira Schmidt, I personally very much like him because of the style of, of hockey, of the style of goaltending he plays. Um, at one point during the season, he was arguably the best goaltender in the AHL. And he really, once Nico does got called up and was with the New Jersey Devils for a long period of time, 
Akira Schmidt just kind of took the reins as being the number one guy in Utica and helping the Comets continue to have what was a phenomenal and uh, in some cases unreal regular season in their first year back being the Devils affiliate. And, um, you know, at one point he had the the best win-loss record, best goals against average, and best save percentage. And he kind of dipped a little bit towards the end of the year, but also he wasn't getting as much playing time. And he did get a little bit of an opportunity to play a couple of games um, with the Devils uh, later in the second half of the season. And while he didn't win, I still think he was pretty solid in net regardless. So to answer the question that you brought up, Rich, yeah, I do think that there is the possibility that Akira Schmidt and or Nico Dawes could be those, you know, future or future uh, goalie for our team. It's just going to take them a little bit more time, another year or two of grooming in Utica under, you know, Kevin Deneen, their head coach, um, I think will do wonders for them. And so I think that uh, they definitely showed promise, but they still have some work to do. Yes, a very good season up there in uh, in, in, in Oop State, New York, that I uh, uh, saw firsthand at um, at times. A bit of a disappointing uh, result in the Calder Cup playoffs, but that's another that's another show uh, completely. So let's take a look into the future. And by the time this podcast uh, drops, it won't it'll be next week. So the draft will be already done. As the Devils have have quite a good of picks in. Some have called a bit of a weak draft. Um, so let's take a. So is it just more reloading, just getting more forwards in, in in a way? It just stocking up the farm system instead of taking the best player available. You go, you guys do have the number two pick by the time this podcast drops. Um, but um, is it just more reloading the farm system? That's a really good question, Rich, because I haven't really taken a lot of time to think about you know the later rounds and stuff like that with regards to what the Devils might do. I think most likely what you'll end up seeing is uh, they're going to do a combination of filling a need and also just taking the best player available. Um, I mentioned this on a podcast that I was on recently uh, that I said, look, everybody's draft board is different. Everybody has certain players ranked higher or lower than other guys. You know, a good a good example of this is. Um, is Stillman, who the Devils took with the 29th overall pick uh, in last year's draft. We traded up from the second round back into the first round to take Corey Stillman, and everybody was kind of critical and saying, oh, he's he's a second-round pick, maybe a third-round pick. Why would the Devils take him in the first round? And, I, and my reaction was because the Devils had him higher up on the board than some other teams did, and they felt like, well, we have an opportunity to get back in the first round and, and trade up to get this guy. Um I look at the Devils and I simply say this. You can never have too much of anything. You can never have too many forwards. You can never have too many defensemen. You can never have too much goaltending. And I think the Devils will continue to try to build what has already been a very, very deep and one of the deepest farm systems in the National Hockey League um, and kind of go from there. And I think the Devils are prepared to most likely use all of the picks that they have, whether they trade them to get other picks or not. Um, You mentioned, Rich, that this draft class – Uh, coming up 2022, is not necessarily that strong. And I would not be surprised if the Devils or a lot of other teams in in this draft end up trading picks for this year and move them to and try to acquire picks for 2023. Because we already know in 2023 what's going to be available in the first, second, third, fourth rounds because it's going to be that much deeper of a draft class. So I would, I could see a lot of movement, but I could also see the devils just going, look, let's just try to get the best value we can from these different players. Um, You know, Nico Dawes was a fourth round pick of the devils 
in his draft year a couple of years ago in 2020, and he was the best goaltender in the entire draft, um, certainly in North America. And the Devils were able to get huge value for him in the fourth round when a lot of people thought he'd go late second, you know, third round. Um, so I think for the Devils, unless they're able to get a deal for a lower term player, like they're not going to get a star player for a bunch of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round picks. Um, unless you combine all of them together, which I, I don't really know how that would still be of value to another team. I could see them stockpiling picks for maybe the next year, 2023. I could see them stock, you know, getting picks and trading up to try to get a specific player, you know, things like that. You're going to see movement in this draft. You're going to see teams going left and right. I think for the devil's perspective, it's just about continuing to build up the farm system and continuing to build up talent because, General Manager Tom Fitzgerald constantly talks about he's not building he's not trying to build a championship team he's trying to build a team that is that is super super ultra competitive for a long period of time so like an example would be looking at what the Tampa Bay Lightning have done the last couple of years looking at what a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins have done for the last handful of years. Another great example is look what the Red Wings did for 20-plus years, constantly making the playoffs and giving themselves a shot to win the Cup. That's kind of the vision that Tom Fitzgerald has for the New Jersey Devils, that he wants to constantly create competition. He wants to constantly create an environment and a culture that's all about putting the team first and trying to win because that's you know this is a winning business. This is how you you know keep your job, and this is how you lose your job. It's how, you know, how many games can you win? So I think it's going to be more rich of just – you know, getting getting more players to come into this this culture, and uh, you know, you know, building up the depth and making this farm system even stronger than it is right now. Agreed that um, you know, as a man in a video game once once uh, taught me, uh, never play a man for a short con when you can play him for the long one. <laughs> and um, I'm not not saying the Devils are trying to con their their fans, although. Some people in new work might think differently. It, it, it seems like the, the Devils are playing the long-term game, that it's not just, you know, oh, let's get the best player available, let's get a bunch of veterans, and let's go all in this year. That yeah. You're right. You've seen what Tampa Bay has done through Syracuse and Smart Free Agency, and in some way what the Avalanche have done too, have been able to, right. to grow, and the Hurricanes as well. You can throw them into that. Hurricanes, yep to that mix as well. I think with the hurricanes and the lightning, you're starting to see kind of a, a new way of doing things come, come forward for this, the, this next generation, this ESPN era of hockey that we're getting right. ourselves selves into. So, you know, more importantly, when this drops, we're heading into free agency. And um, I was taking a look at a cap friendly, which any of you hockey podcasters have, please use it. It is fantastic. There is a decent amount of mid-20 turnovers for your guys, like guys coming off of short-term deals or yeah. some some rookies coming off their ELCs. Is that the focus, just getting the youth signed, or is this team going to go some more veteran signings? They've got some, they've got some room to play with. They certainly do. They have a lot of options, um, different ways that they can do this. And look – uh, Fitzgerald has made it very clear what the core of this team is. It's Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jesper Bratt, and Dougie Hamilton. Those are the those are the core four guys. The guys that you know are going to be here long term. And uh, I know people are worried about the Devils haven't signed Jesper Bratt yet, who's a restricted free agent to a long term extension. And I 
will say this. Look, as of the time of this recording, there's only been one RFA that's been signed that is of worth noting, and that is Brock Besser, who signed a three-year bridge deal in Vancouver. The Devils are trying to sign Jesper Brad to a much longer deal of seven, maybe eight years um, and a much higher AAV. So those type of things take time. I don't, I don't worry really at all that Jesper Brad hasn't been signed yet. I think that it, he will because he is part of this core. He wants to be here. And it, the chances of him getting offer sheeted are very, very slim because it just doesn't happen very often unless you're, you know, unless you're Carolina who wants to just try to get revenge on Montreal, which we all, we all saw that last offseason. But the chances <laughs> of it happening, again, very, very slim. So I don't worry about that. Um, as far as everything else, the reality is simply this. Fitzgerald is setting up the team in a position where you have the core and then it's about putting the pieces around that core and creating a really, really good team. Whether that is through our system, because we have a lot of young guys that have a chance to make the next jump this coming season. I look at a guy like Alexander Holtz. This should be the, this upcoming season should be that year that he gets into the NHL full time and is here with the Devils full time. I look at guys like Fabian Zetterlin, who came in late in the season and really, really showed confidence and a veteran presence from a guy who's a rookie showing that confidence. I look at a guy like Kevin Ball, the big ball machine, man. He is large. He is physical. He is offensive. He's very, very good in his He's own right. He's a big, beefy boy. Are you suffering from chronic joint or back pain? Downtown's Healthcare in Denver offers effective alternative therapies that are non-invasive, non-surgical, and drug-free. Start your journey to a pain-free life. Call Downtown's Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Oh, yeah, 100%. Then we have another mm. big, tall, lengthy player in a guy like Shakir Mukamadoulin, who I think will probably get a shot in training camp, but I think he'll probably end up staying down in, um, uh, or excuse me, up in Utica. Um, but I think that with regards to what the Devils want to do this season, this offseason, I mean, let's face it. If there has been a star player that has been available in free agency or trade, the Devils have been rumored to be interested in said player. And the main guy, of, of course, that we all talk about is Johnny Gaudreau. And we still don't know exactly where he what he wants to do. It doesn't sound like it's a money thing. It sounds like more of a playing preference. Does he want to come back to, you know, does he want to come back east? Does he want to play in New Jersey? Because he's from Salem, although he grew up a Flyers fan. He is from New Jersey. So it'd be a, it would be kind of marketable from the standpoint of having a local kid, more or less, um, you know, come here and, and help and help the team. And he's a star player in his own right who's coming off a 100-plus point season. A guy who could immediately help a guy like Jack Hughes or Nico Heischer, you know, take their game to the next level. I mean, having a guy like Johnny Gaudreau paired with Jack Hughes is going to would be really really awesome. And there's other guys out there. Philip Forsberg is another guy that could be available. JT Miller is available via trade, although I think the asking price is a little bit absurd considering what, you know, Vancouver is asking for for a guy like JT. Um and then you have other crazy rumors like if you remember a couple weeks ago the whole David Pasternak situation. Now granted Pasternak could be a free agent in 2023, Patrick Kane the same thing. I could see the Devils. This is just something I, I brought up before. If the Devils strike out in a guy like Johnny Gaudreau or a guy like Philip Forsberg, meaning if they don't get one of those, they could go out and get lower-term guys. Like I look at a guy like Andre Pilat 
at a three or four year deal worth $5 million per year as a guy that could come in on that top six and still help the team produce. And then if you want to hit a, if you want to try to hit a home run in free agency the following year for a guy like David Postnock, Patrick Kane, or a bunch of other guys that'll be available, you could do that because here's the, here's the other thing, Rich, you have to understand. The Devils will have even more cap space than they have now. They have $25 million in cap space. They will yep. have 30 plus to almost $40 million in cap space without signing any of the guys that are going to be um, free agents next year. And the Devils could also, again, put themselves in a position where they can just say, we'll spend a lot of money on this one player and then we'll, we'll, we'll incorporate the rest with young guys and a mix of veterans as well on the bottom six and kind of go from there. So the Devils have a lot of options, but I think that they're thinking, as we mentioned before, Rich, they're not thinking about necessarily the now and thinking more long-term, but they're incorporating the now because they want to win. The reality is simply this, Rich. We've heard constantly, the future is bright in New Jersey. This stand, the Devils, I remember the hockey news, very, very well-respected magazine for hockey. They have a front page article, which you could all go see, that says the Devils are building a monster. Considering all the pieces that the Devils have brought in over the last couple of years, they are building a juggernaut team that when fully getting going, they're going to be a problem for the rest of the league. And the Devils want to win. And what that means is simply this. They need to make this team good enough to get into the playoffs next season. They have to because now the changing of the guard is happening in the Metropolitan Division and also in the Eastern Conference where simply that it's the new age teams, it's the Rangers, it's the Hurricanes, it's the New York Islanders to an extent. And then you could potentially, and then you certainly could put the New Jersey Devils in there because you look at that old core, Washington, um, Pittsburgh, uh, just teams like that that are starting to, you know, struggle and starting to get up there in age and, you know, their their championship window is closing. So the Devils are getting in a, now know that their situation is improving a lot and that they can, make this run. So the Devils have a multitude of different ways that they can do this. But I think all in all, Rich, they're trying to build a team for this year that can win and get into the playoffs. And whether that means long-term deals for a star player or just mixing in some lower-tier veterans that can flow very well with the way the Devils want to play, it kind of go from there. And the other thing is that we still have to find some assistant coaches to be paired with Lindy Ruff because we're still – we're still short on that, but you know, all these things are going to happen. Um, you know, for all we know, Rich, by the time this podcast episode comes out, a lot of things end up happening. I mean, first and foremost, we know we'll know by when this episode comes out who the Devils took in the first round in the draft in general, um, and that'll that'll clear some things up. That will clear some things up because then the Devils can go, okay, this is what we fit. This is what we filled in the draft. Now let's see what we can fill in free agency and trades as well. That's something to keep in mind. So. The Devils are certainly going to build this team for the now, but also to give themselves financially an opportunity to build even more in the future. Understood all great and valid points that you put out there that the, that the Devils want to do. And just, um, it, again, it's long-term. It, it's long-term what they're planning. Like there is no all-in strategy with this team. It's just, you know, two or three years down down the line. So now it's time to get to the one one sneaky question where where our guest doesn't know what's coming. I don't know what's coming. We're going to find out about this season. So, Neil, I'm going to ask you, with the Devils, how short of a leash does uh, uh, Lindsey Ruff have? 
That's a really, really good question, Rich. And I'm glad you brought it up because you were just talking a few seconds ago about the devil's mindset of being uh, more in the long term. The only guy that really is probably not part of the long-term solution is is most likely Lindy Ruff. And a lot of us Devils fans have talked about this. First and foremost, a lot of us don't feel that Lindy Ruff uh, deserved to keep his job after this past season, considering how bad things went down. Though my argument was simply that the reason why the Devils haven't didn't fire Lindy Ruff and wasn't a part of that coaching carousel was because they looked at it saying there's too many excuses, goaltending, injuries, all these different things that Lindy Ruff could not even, you know, not even himself be able to fully figure out. So the Devils want to put Lindy Ruff in a position going into this season where they say, hey, look, this is it. Like your contract comes up at the end of the year anyway. This is that chance for you to prove that you can be that guy for us long term or we're going to move forward. And I will say this, Andrew Burnett right now, who was the interim head coach of the Florida Panthers, um, right now is not a head coach, is not the head coach of the Panthers. They hired Paul Maurice. Although the Panthers want to keep uh, Andrew Burnett within the organization, Burnett may not be thrilled about not even being given a chance to interview for the job. He might be upset about that. So Burnett might look to maybe other options as an assistant coach for a year to kind of see how teams go. Because look, there are new head coaches that get hired every single year. We never really have a season where every every single team keeps their job. People get fired every single year for differing reasons. Um, and there's teams looking for coaches every single year. I look at the Devils and I say this. First and foremost, Andrew Burnett has a relationship with general manager Tom Fitzgerald. Um, they play together. They play together in the National Hockey League. So there is a relationship there. Andrew Burnett is considered to be one of the more up-and-coming head coaches in our game. He was a – he was a um, – he was a uh, finalist for, you know, coach of the year this past year. Um, he helped the Florida Panthers not miss a beat after um, after Joel Quenville stepped down after the whole Blackhawks scandal. And yeah. he did a really, really good job, although they unfortunately, you know, went out with a whimper in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against Tampa Bay. He yeah. still did a really good job. And I think that a lot of people see Burnett as a guy that could be a coach. So I look at it and I say, you know, he could be a guy the Devils can bring in as an assistant and kind of give Lindy Ruff the idea to say, look, here's the deal. We are going to give you the opportunity to redeem yourself and try to get this team in the next next phase. If we start to struggle, even early on in the season, we're going to make changes with a guy who has experience, you know, taking over as the captain of the ship and, you know, moving the team forward and, and helping them, you know, become good. The other thing is this. Lindy Ruff will probably not be back after next season, regardless of what the Devils do. I think the only way Lindy Ruff keeps his job is if the Devils win the Stanley Cup, which we all know is very likely to not happen. Um, but you never know. Hockey's a magical, unpredictable sport. You don't know. But I think yeah. even if Lindy Ruff were to help the Devils get into the playoffs this upcoming season, right? And let's say they lose in the first round in five or six games, whatever. I don't think the Devils will bring back Lindy Ruff. I think that they will bring him back in a different role, in an executive role, in an advisory role. Because a lot of the players on the Devils, including the star guy like Jack Hughes, have talked about how much they've really enjoyed playing for Lindy Ruff and how how much he creates a lot of structure and things like that. And there's always behind-the-scenes stuff that we don't see as fans and as people in the media um, that go that go along. And I know that there was rumors out there that the Devils were planning on potentially moving Lindy Ruff this season, this offseason, to an advisory role and then bringing in a new head coach. And look, 
We have a very good option down up in Utica as well. And Kevin Deneen, who has NHL coaching experience and has done a really good job, you know, with developing players in Utica. So there's, there's options there. But as far as Lindy Ruff, I think his leash is very, very short going into the 2022-23 season. If things get off to a slow start again, I think the Devils will immediately make changes and they won't let things go on like they did last year. Um, if the Devils are just playing very well and things like that, I don't see Lindy Ruff losing his job, obviously, throughout the season. But I, I would be very surprised, Rich, if the Devils gave Lindy Ruff a new contract after the season, even if, you know, they make the playoffs. Just because he was brought in here. Everyone has to understand this. Lindy Ruff was brought in here to develop the core of this team. And if you look at it from the core perspective, the core has developed. They've gotten better. They've taken strides. Team aspect barely made a blimp on the radar in terms of getting into the playoffs and being ultra competitive. So that's that's kind of the situation that we're in. So Lindy Ruff is going to get an opportunity to try to, you know, get this team to the next next step. But as far as long term, I, I don't see Lindy Ruff being here for it. Um, but you never know what could happen. But Lindy Ruff's leash is definitely very short going into this upcoming season, considering that the Devils want to win and the Devils expect to win going into this year. I, I Agreed. It seems like if things go pear-shaped, as my UK friends would say, he, he'll be out the door. Uh, very quickly. And like you said, it depends who's in that assistant head coach role, or they might just reach out to Utica and pull him up. Now, I know midseason that's not a popular move, but it's been done before. Well, so, Mike Sullivan, if you remember, Mike Sullivan was well, yeah, brought in Mike Sullivan. from, from Wilkes-Barre to come up mm-hmm. to Pittsburgh. And what happened? They went to Stanley yeah. Cups. Oh, yeah. So it's not like it's some it, impossible. Yes, it, it's definitely definitely possible. So um, as we'll, uh, we'll, we'll wrap this up here with our two, as always, final questions. One, and you've kind of alluded to this already, but, you know, let's just – I have to ask this. Why should Devils fans be optimistic heading into October? That is, a, that is an awesome question, Rich. That might be the best question you've asked in this entire interview. Um, why should Devils fans be optimistic? Because of the core that we have of this team – the ability that um, ownership and management has been given to go out and make this team better, the possibilities of what this team can build, not just for the now, but for the future. And, you know, the, the opportunity to see a guy like Jack Hughes go from being a, a great player to a superstar in this league. Jack Hughes missed a boatload of games due to injury last year and still almost put up 30 goals. Imagine what this kid can do when he has a full 82-game season with the right pieces around him. This kid's going to be unbelievable. He's going to be unbelievable. And this is the first year of his contract extension because his his entry-level deal ran out at the end of this past season. So this is a really big opportunity. This is that year, Rich, where there are no excuses. This team is going to be built. This team is going to add some new guys to the team to it we're going to build the team as best as we can and the reason to be optimistic is because they say that the future is bright but i'm telling you right now it's time to start having a, a bright present you know a very very bright present and i think that with the core that we have and with the possibilities of free agency and even trades i think should make devil's fans really really excited about the 2022 2023 season 
Agreed. Like um, this, it, it seems like it, it's a show me year for everybody that this, that, that the devil's team, okay. You, we, we, it's no longer say, Oh, we just need a year for everybody to sit. It's no, it's, it, it's time to do something. Bleeper, get off the pot preferably. Um, but let's look at the other side of the coin. Why should devil's fans be depressed this upcoming season? Because as a Devils fan, what can go wrong will go wrong, Um, especially in the last decade. It seems like every time the Devils have had something good happen or we think we're finally getting out of, you know, the constant not only losing but embarrassing ourselves, we find new ways to lose and embarrass ourselves. Um, And, you know, you have question marks about goaltending. Who knows what the Devils are going to do with goaltending going into this year? Who knows what they're going to try to do long term? Is Lindy Ruff the right guy? Lindy Ruff has irritated a lot of us over the two years he's been here for for certain things. It feels like sometimes that the team doesn't listen to him and that they just go out there and play whatever hockey that they they want to play. Um, and you wonder to yourself, is ownership, you know, Tom Fitzgerald talks about he's given full, complete freedom financially and everything like that from the ownership to build the team however he wants to build. How much of that is honestly true? And I think what's really ridiculous is that a lot of people say that because, look, the ownership of the Devils also owns the Philadelphia 76ers. And what's the biggest thing the Sixers got to do this offseason? They got to sign James Harden to a new contract, a huge contract. But I will tell you this right now, it doesn't affect the money that the Devils would spend in free agency or trades because that's different. Also, these guys are worth billions of dollars. So, I mean, it's not like it's going to kill them. If they're spending $150 million, they're not sitting there, you know, going, what was me? You know, they're going to they're gonna be like, fine, you know, that's that's what needs to be built. But you do, you do you, you're, you're cautiously optimistic, Rich, especially this offseason, because the Devils are rumored for so many guys that we're almost kind of expecting us to be disappointed, where we don't end up getting the big prize free agent. We end up making some small signings here or there and that we still have question marks going into the season. I mean, granted, every team has question marks going into the year, but especially with goaltending, if we still have major question marks, that's going to be the worrisome thing. Can goaltending stay healthy and be consistent? I don't know. We Again, we mentioned there aren't that many blow-away options in the free agent market or even in trades, to be quite honest with you. So that would be why the Devils fans could be depressed because what can go wrong will go wrong. Understood. Understood. It's just, it seems like the devils have been down for a good couple of years, even through the odd pandemic stuff we've gone through that all of you just, you want something, you need something to hold on to. And I fully understand where the devils are coming from. And, you know, even though I'm a Yinzer myself, there's part of me that wants to to see you guys succeed. Um, not because I like the Devils or in, uh, too much or anything, but I just want to hear some more positivity on your podcast, brother. I'm tired of hearing you late in the se- season going, this is what we got to do. I'm tired of this. Just yeah. when is the end of the season coming? But I'm right. ranting and raving. But the golden rule here on Game Over is always this to the New Jersey Devils, we say... Game over. So thank you, Neil. Thank you so much for coming on, brother. Always love talking to you. 
uh, give you the last minute or two to uh, promote whatever you're doing, brother. So uh, the board is thine. Well, thank you as always, Rich, for having me on. Uh, it's always great to talk to you, my friend. And uh, it's always great to talk about the Devils. You are uh, you are one of my biggest supporters of the podcast. So it means a lot to me that uh, you continue to show support. And you want to see the Devils succeed for my, <laughs> if nothing else than that, for my overall health, yes. um, both yeah. mentally and physically. <laughs> um, but if anybody's interested in checking out my podcast, you can check out the Devils State of My Podcast Basically, wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, you know, Google, anything like that, just search Devil's State of Mind and you'll find it. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. I'm probably going to hold off on posting a new episode for Thursday because that'll be the draft. Um, I will probably do an episode then for either Friday or the weekend to kind of recap what the Devils did and go from there. Um, but yeah, new episodes every Monday and Thursday. And you could also check out the podcast on Twitter at Devil State. I'm very active on there. Also on Instagram at Devil State of Mind. And also don't forget to like us on Facebook as well. Just search Devil State of Mind Podcast. If you want to follow my personal account, you can follow my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W. And my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11. And again, Rich, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much for having me on today. It's great always to talk to you, my friend, and uh, looking forward to coming on here again very, very soon. What And what would hope to be a much more happier situation than, um, than just trying to look and hope that uh, the situation gets better. Uh, agreed, my brother. And, um, you know, it's... You know, keep keep the faith out there in, in Jersey. Keep keep the faith as well. And um, you take care out there. All of you who are listening to this, thank you so much. You know, all you Devils fans who've come on and listened to this, thank you very much as well. Please drop us a like, pass this podcast around, share it, share it with your friends. Uh, this is just a little mini series I like to do near the end of the season. Um, we're kind of jumping around a bit because of some life stuff. For me as well, we're trying to get as many teams as we can heading into the summer. But as always, every it, but for everyone out there, we'll catch, catch you next time here on Game Over. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Do you suffer from chronic hip, knee, or shoulder pain? Avoid drug dependency and surgery with Downtowns Healthcare in Denver. Downtowns Healthcare offers regenerative therapies that stimulate the body's self-healing process. Call Downtowns Healthcare at 303-292-9992, now in Lowry or downtown. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.